there is only one, one life, one infinite energy out of which everything comes. There is no place separate from this since everything means everything. This infinite energy is what I am made of, what we are all made of. This energy, which I call God, spirit, love, life, expresses as each of us without diminishment, without separation, all the time. This love is who I am, how I am, and how we all are. There is no place God is not, and no experience which God leaves us to experience on our own. It cannot, any more than a drop of water, can stop being water. This God of which we are a part is whole, strong, and infinitely creative. And guess what? That means we are too. This God responds to the energy of our thoughts. And today I affirm that I know there is no source of information outside of me which can influence me without my permission. So today I choose to shift my thoughts, my words, my energy out of fear and confusion. I choose gratitude for which, for all I do have. I choose love, compassion, and ease for those all around me and for the world. I choose to live my life believing in, seeing, and speaking about the possibilities for good which are evolving in the world today. This information I allow to influence me. I celebrate the sunshine, springtime flowers, and smiling faces I see on my daily walks. I see the little, I celebrate the little things which I may have neglected to appreciate in the past. A full refrigerator, goofy kitties, uh, plenty of toilet paper, and even in the humor of and silliness around that particular commodity. I celebrate and am so immensely grateful for the brilliance of this internet, which allows us to explore and embrace new and different ways of safely interacting. And so much more I am grateful for in my life today. I am so grateful to know that we each hold the key to our future and that it is simply to know our own brilliance, our own power to create the world we want to live in. And I release these words into the law, which is taking these words as I speak them, as I think them, as I hold them, and as I know is working with all of us all the time and making it so. And together we say, and know with your heart, and so it is. Continuing our month-long look at honoring the divine, the divine feminine within everything. What a great time for that. We'll talk about that in a minute. And our talk today is called Nurturing as Strength. Nurturing as Strength. We live in a culture that's been dominated by the shadow masculine for centuries. And one of the messages that that mindset gives us is that nurturing is weakness. Nurturing is weak. We that mindset holds that dominating, aggressive behavior, powering through stuff, you know, push through the pain, push through all that stuff, powering through that of this rugged individualism of riding alone through the world, you know, the Lone Ranger or John Wayne or somebody like that. All that is the strength 
Those are the strong behaviors, regardless of gender, by the way. Again, we're, when we talk about divine masculine, divine feminine, we are not talking about gender because there are plenty of women caught up in the, in the shadow masculine, and there are plenty of men who are awake to their own divine feminine. So we're not talking about men and women. We are talking about um, this quality that is within each of us, depending on how much we are paying attention to it. And so as masculine behavior has gained us a lot, as a civilization and cost us a lot as a civilization. And it's not that this behavior is always wrong, it's just that it hasn't been balanced by the divine feminine. The way of masculinity is often solitary. You know, the Lone Ranger, the, the, uh, even in Zen, the monk who goes off into the cave to write Zen poetry and be by himself for a long time. The way of the feminine, on the other hand, is the way of connecting. Connection is the way of the divine feminine. When we have too much emphasis on the shadow masculine, we forget our connections. We forget our connections with other people. We forget our connections with ourselves. We forget our connection with the planet. And we forget our connection with a spirit that isn't some solitary being up in the sky, but rather is the embodiment of the whole of life, the, the, the aliveness that we truly are. And so we begin to believe, if we get stuck, stuck in that, that we are truly alone and separate. Which, of course, is not the capital T truth of who we are. Now, there are times in our lives when, and there are paths which we have to walk alone. As one of my teachers used to say, I can't, you can't get muscles watching me lift weights. And so just because I'm connected to that teacher, I have to do the, the weightlifting. So there are times we have to walk a path alone, but we are never separate. We are never truly alone. The divine masculine and the divine feminine both recognize this truth. And right now as a planet, <laughs> you may have noticed we're having a powerful readjustment. Anybody besides me kind of notice that? Yes, raise your hand, hi. We're having a powerful adjustment towards the divine feminine. The busy, busy doingness of the masculine is being brought to its knees, is being brought to a quietness, so that the beingness of the divine feminine can emerge. You know, too, too much doingness just gives us doo-doo. Within us, the shadow sides of both qualities, the masculine and the feminine, are feeling frightened and out of control. Frightened and out of control. Uncertainty flies in the face of our belief that we're in control. And in truth, we never were. We never have been truly in control. There's, there's that, that uh, old saying that make God laugh, tell him your plans. And so not a single one of us can ever guarantee the future. Not a single one of us actually really, really, really knows what's coming next. And so we are learning the interconnectedness of all. I want to share with you a lovely um, meditation from... Uh, Richard Rohr from this morning's uh, that he sent out. And he opens with a quote from a, a young woman who is a young Jewish woman um, who died in Auschwitz in 1943 uh, at the age of 26. Her name is Etty Hillesum. And she says, I am not alone in my tiredness or sickness or fears, but at one with millions of others from many centuries. And it is all part of life. 
And Richard Rohr goes on to say the cross, and remember that he's a Catholic priest, so, so come from that consciousness. The cross, rightly understood, always reveals various kinds of resurrection. It's as if God were holding up the crucifixion as a cosmic object lesson, saying, I know this is what you're experiencing. Don't run from it. Learn from it. Hang there for a while. It will be your teacher. Rather than losing life, you will be gaining a larger life. Your suffering is the way through. As impossible as that might feel right now, I, this is Richard Rohr, and I absolutely believe that it's true. When we carry our own suffering in solidarity with universal longing for deep union, it helps keep us from self-pity or self-preoccupation. We know that we are all in this together. It is just as hard for everybody else, and our healing is bound up in each other's. Almost all people are carrying a great and secret hurt, even when they don't know it. This realization softens the space around our overly defended hearts. It makes it hard to be cruel to anyone. It somehow makes us one in a way that easy comfort and entertainment never can. We are sharing this experience with the world. See, this virus, as we've noticed, doesn't care about nationality, doesn't care about national borders, it doesn't care about religions, it doesn't care about your race or your gender or any of the things we usually use to divide ourselves by. It's a universal experience. It goes past all of our small identities, all of our ways of dividing ourselves. And in a way, connects us. The divine feminine knows the path of uncertainty, of the planned life falling completely apart. And most people that I know who have had any kind of a spiritual experience, you know, mystical experience, have had the lives that they thought they were going to have completely dissolve and fall apart. It's that uh, caterpillar into the chrysalis uh, merging into the butterfly. And most of us have had, somewhere in our lives, things fall apart. And right now the world is having a, a chrysalis moment, a falling apart moment, where the caterpillar of who we thought we were and what we thought we were really about, you know, rushing around and making money and doing, 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 all that stuff, is beginning to dissolve and other questions, other possibilities are beginning to open up. And then the divine feminine, even if it's not comfortable, she walks the path, not alone, not alone. And she walks the path, the divine feminine within each of us walks that path, trusting something new is being born. You know, I've had a number of people, a couple of people this week ask me, how can I handle the uncertainty? We don't know where, you know, where, where is this going to end? How long is it going to go on? You know, I was just over at Nova and saw a sign up there that said the school is now closed. And instead of being till the end of March, it's now closed to the end of April. And we're even talking about well into May and possibly even beyond that. How do I handle the uncertainty of all that? And I turn back to my meditation practice, my Buddhist meditation practice, and the, the practice is to stay centered, to stay centered. Neither leaning backwards into regret about the past, or leaning forward into fear and worry about the future, 
nor even sitting in this moment and judging this moment as being good enough or not good enough, but simply being in the moment. In the 12-step in the recovery programs, it's referred to as one day at a time. Jesus said, do not worry, tomorrow will look after itself. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Can we be present with just this day? And that is our journey right now, to let go of all the plans. You know, I had a nice vacation plan for April down on the Oregon coast, and I've had to, first I rescheduled that into May, and then I've discovered that a whole lot of stuff is going to be closed into May. And so I'm finally letting go of just that vacation, and I know it'll show up sometime, and I'm letting go of the when that shows up. We let go. We let go. The other thing we can become paralyzed by is wanting to help the whole world. And that's, that's the shadow feminine, is I want to do everything for everybody all the time. We want to help, but we feel insufficient or not good enough, or how do I do this? But what is ours to do? What is ours to truly do right now is exactly what's right in front of us this moment. What's right in front of us this moment. See, whenever we tend to a single strand in the tapestry of life, we are participating in the care of the whole because all of life is interconnected. We are all one with each other. And so if I care for just one, if I pray for just one, I have cared for the whole because of our interconnection. So perhaps ours is to just simply do that, to care for each other to deepen our meditation practice so we can stay centered, so that we can stay healthy. You know, in, in the airlines, they always tell you, you know, if, if, if there's pressure loss in the cabin, put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help others, because otherwise you and they both become casualties. So to deepen our meditation practice for us to stay centered in this time, to expand our prayer practice, since we know, we know the power of affirmative prayer Use that practice to know the health and the wholeness of ourselves, of each other, and of the world itself. That, and that health, not just on a physical level, but in every single way. We're, it's ours to be more kind and more loving to those who need it most. To not get into judgments of those who are more afraid than we are. But to just simply hold them in love and compassion and know that capital T truth. Now, none of these may seem like a huge earth-shaking uh, action, but the divine feminine works as a nurturer, and nurturing works underneath. It works behind the scenes. It works that way. And like water, which often appears soft and malleable, over time, that water will carve out the hardest rock. And so as we, as people, begin practice being and interbeing, being in interrelationship with each other. New ways of being in community emerge. Here we all are on this wonderful method, on this wonderful platform, being able to see each other without conveying, without you know, possibly conveying any disease to each other. New values emerge. And as we become more quiet, as we become more quiet, we open the doorways to move heart of infinite love which is our purpose anyways. We open up the possibility to develop our hearts to be a heart as wide as the world. 
Somewhere in this world, right now, someone is holding you in loving kindness. I know this because that has been a Buddhist meditation practice for centuries. Someone is holding you and me and all of us in loving kindness just because you exist. Lean into that knowing that somewhere in consciousness, there is a, another person, another being, probably a whole lot of them actually, holding us, holding you in loving kindness. Accept that. Receive it. Take it in. Sometimes we're so busy we don't even think about that, but spend a moment receiving the loving kindness being shared with you by others. And then share that loving kindness along. Pass it along. That may not be a huge publicity gathering event. It's not something we have to post on Facebook. It may not feel like much. Just a little droplet in the river of life. But those droplets rained over and over and over and over again will carve out a new landscape. And as the world calms, as the world quiets, and becomes more available to its own innerness, as each of us do this, that flow, that divine feminine energy, that divine energy, that nurturing is felt as more real. And the subtle power of that nurturing, of that divine feminine is released and expressed. In the movie Hook, Uh, with Robin Williams playing uh, a grown-up Peter Pan who's now married and has a couple of kids, and Dustin Hoffman playing uh, Captain Hook. And Hook kidnaps uh, uh, the grown-up Peter Pan's kids, takes them back to Neverland, and, and Peter Pan has to go back to Neverland to, to uh, rescue his kids. And over the journey of this movie, he begins to remember his own truth, his own power, his own who he really is. And there comes a point where he confronts Hook, this is the adult Peter Pan. And he looks at Hook and he goes, you're much smaller than I remember. Which is also an inside joke because Dustin Hoffman as an actor is pretty darn short. And Hook looks up at him and he goes, to an 11-year-old, I'm huge. We get a choice of confronting this world situation with the consciousness of an 11-year-old or the consciousness of a spiritual adult which is not so intimidated by it. We are the spiritual adults that get to bring our love. And just as in the movie, Peter Pan still had to go through process to release his children. He still had to do battle with Hook. Just as we still have to do the for keeping the world safe on the physical level, but we do not have to buy into the deep fear that accompanies what some people are doing. So this week, I want to invite you to do two things. The first one is to accept the discomfort. Accept the discomfort that nothing is the same. It's what's happening. Take a breath. And by the way, in truth, it never is the same anyways. This moment is not the same as the last moment. We just perceive it that way because we don't notice the subtle differences of everything happening. There's that old saying is that you can never put your foot in the same stream twice because the, the stream will have moved on and you will have changed also. So accept the discomfort 
that nothing is the same. And then the second spiritual practice is to give permission for the divine feminine to express through you and reveal its strength in nurturing. See, when we release, when we accept the discomfort, we're not fighting it anymore. It's just, okay, this is what is happening today. This is what is in front of me. And so now I turn to that divine feminine within me and give it permission to reveal its strength, a strength I may not have leaned into before and allow it to express through me. The acts of caring, of loving, of encouraging, of cheering on, of reassuring and inspiring are ways to describe nurturing, caring, loving, encouraging, cheering on, reassuring and inspiring. That's what nurturing looks like. And so we get to ask ourselves the question, who must I be? Not what must I do, but who must I be to encourage and care for growth of a person and of myself? And the answer to that question is, I must be a person of strength and emotional maturity to be able to allow that nurturing to come through me. I have to let go of my feeling of lack and limitation, neediness and fear and all that and let that go so that I can be the place where the divine shows up. So I want to close with a quote this is from Henry Van Dyke. It's a lovely quote. He says, use the talents you possess, for the woods would be a very silent place if no birds sang except the best. Use the talents you possess, for the woods would be a very silent place if no birds sang except the best. We're gonna do our affirmation You can say this together with me in, in, in your own room. I live in the faith that there is a presence and power greater than I am that nurtures and supports me in ways I could not even imagine. I live in the faith that there is a presence and power greater than I am that nurtures and supports me in ways I could not even imagine. 